this is Stacy Eldridge. Welcome to Captivated. This world vies for our attention in a thousand different ways. But the most important thing, the preeminent thing, the essential thing is to give our attention to Jesus. Welcome, friends. Stacy here. Thanks for joining me today. I pray that in this moment, as you tune in, you sense the fiery love of our God deep in your soul. You are your Father's delight, dearly and wholly loved. With me today is a treasure of a woman named Kia Stevens, and I'm so honored to have her. Kia is a wife and mom of two who is passionate about helping women know God as Father. And for that reason, she created the Father Swap blog to help women exchange their father wounds for the love of God the Father. Kia is also the founder of Entrusted Women, which she created to equip Christian women communicators of color. In addition to these ministries, Kia faithfully serves in Bible Study Fellowship and her local church in Atlanta, Georgia. When Kia is not writing or serving women, she enjoys spending quality time with her family and friends, and she's also going to be releasing her first book, Overcoming Father Wounds, in March next year. So welcome, Kia. Hi, Stacy. It's so great to be here with you and your audience. <laughs> it's so great to have you. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Me too. Actually, I would just love to start by you sharing some about your life, your life's journey, your story. Would you, would you do that? Sure, oh, I'd love oh, to. Great. Uh, you know, I uh, went to college thinking that I was going to be a speaker and a writer. I think I thought I was going to be discovered, but I had no idea the twists and the turns that God would have in store for me. Uh, in terms of getting on this path. And so there was a book that I had been working on uh, for many years. It was called The Void. I worked on it in college and um, it kind of evolved. Mm. I knew that there was something mm. in me that was longing, that was uh, a little needy. And, and there was just something that I was discovering in me that I was trying to figure out, what is this? What is this achiness? And so I worked on it and worked on it and worked on it and eventually got more counseling and discovered, okay, I think this is a father wound that, that I've discovered. I'm going to write a book about father wounds. And so um, that book just trekked with me through life, graduated, got married, had kids. I was still working on it. And I came across a writer's conference. Mm. And I made up in my mind, I'm going to take this little book baby to this conference. I'm going to get an agent. I'm going to get a publisher. I'm getting something. And I'm going to publish this book. Well, as the Lord would have it, I had my little book baby on an external hard drive and I kept it no. <laughs> oh, no. I guess you know where I'm going. I, I kept it no other place. There was no cloud. There was no floppy drive. There was no CD-ROM. There was nothing. It was just on my external hard drive. And one day I was in my classroom because I was a classroom teacher at the time. And I was transferring my laptop, which had the external hard drive in the USB from one location to the next. The external hard drive slipped out, fell onto the floor, and I lost everything. No. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yes. I know. <laughs> what? 
What did you do? What did you do? Did you just freeze? Did you? Uh, I was in a state of shock, but I had dropped my external hard drive so many times before. So I was like, oh, okay, just plug it back in. But this time it went. Eh, 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 eh. <laughs> so I was like, hmm, that's, that's a new sound. Took it home to my husband. My husband's a techie. He took the whole thing apart. We called the data retrieval people. It's going to be an astronomical amount of money to retrieve wow. this little book baby. And so I had to say my goodbyes. I wow. didn't have a funeral, but I, I, I acted like I was at one. Yeah. You know, just crawled into my bed, covered my head with, you know, the sheets and just really was so discouraged. Well, of course. Because that book, at that, yeah, at that time had been with me for a decade, you know, it, oh, it had been something oh. I thought about often, wow. you know, and so I was pretty discouraged. And um, a friend of mine said, you know, you should still uh, take the content that you had been researching and that you had discovered, and you should put it into a blog, because <sighs> everything that you had is still in yes. you. Yes, it's still in you. Yes. Best advice ever. And so that was the beginning of the father swap blog. I started writing blog posts. I went, I did go to that conference to learn about becoming a writer and uh, creating your own platform and, and all the things with that. And, and that's when I began the Father Swap blog to help women exchange their father wounds for the love of God, the father. And Stacy, I, I tell people that that was really one of the best things that could have ever happened to me, because if you believe you're called to reach a particular group of people or population, you should engage with them. Yes. You should know their stories. You should know their pain points and their struggles. You should cry with them and pray with them and hold their yes. hands. And that is really what the Father Swap blog enabled me an opportunity to do and then subsequently started a YouTube channel and things like that. So now I have ladies that are emailing me and saying, you know, my father did this and this. I didn't know my father. He was an alcoholic or my father was abusive or my father is my stepfather, but I still long to know my birth father. Just all yes. these different stories, yes. as you could imagine, of, of women all over the country uh, wanted to come and, and share their whole story with me because I had been vulnerable on the World Wide Web. Mm, yes. You know, so that was um, really the start of a, an amazing journey for me. I'm glad that my external hard drive fell on the ground that I lost everything uh, because it, it really, it wasn't time. It, it wasn't time. Had I have met a literary agent or a publisher that was interested, I, I hope they would have said no, you know, because um, there's nothing like, um, you know, God's timing when, yes. when it's God's timing, you know, what he works in you Absolutely. in terms of my own healing, what he has worked in my relationship with my biological father you know what he has worked in my relationship with God with him as my heavenly father I did not have that <laughs> I did not have that the day my external hard drive died so you know the Lord is sovereign he knew uh, what needed to take place that is such truth and a good story and, and a helpful reminder to us when things like that happen when yeah. when we think it's time and it doesn't happen or it's because yeah. he is at work. And I hear you saying that not only was he wanting to bring some healing and um, just a depth in your own relationship with him, so that he was protecting you mm -hmm. from what 
if you had been launched at that time, that, that you're right, that wouldn't have been good. It would not have been good. I, I'm so grateful, you know, there, there would be another death after another, um, not a, a literal death, but, you know, even when I got to the place where I did have an agent, um, that relationship did not pan mm-hmm. out in, mm-hmm. in a book contract or in a, a contractual relationship with that agent. And I, that book died again. It died, <laughs> it died one more time. You know, and I really reached a place where I was like, Lord, I I don't know if I even want to write it anymore. By this point, it had been two decades. Wow. And um, when the opportunity came about in such an odd way, uh, during my time of blogging, I also developed this um, hunger for other women that were like me. I was saying, Lord, where are the brown women? Where are the communicators like me? of faith that are also of color. And he began to just, just place a burden in my heart to connect with women that were just like me. And before I knew it in 2016, I had started this Facebook group. I was just telling women word of mouth, Hey, I'm, I'm looking for other Christian women communicators of color, blah, blah, blah. I started this group to support, connect, equip, and encourage you. Are you interested? And I was so shocked when women would say, I was looking for a group like this. Where have you been? I need this. (laughs) And I was like, really? You you were? So initially when I started the group, I, I really wasn't sure if there was a need for it. I was also really concerned about my um, my white sisters of uh, communicators. Uh-huh. You know, what would they think? Would they say that there's a need for this or would they be offended? And so I was really unsure, right. but I kept feeling that tugging of the Lord. You know, when he kind of harasses you yes. or hounds you yes. to do something and you're like, I don't want to do that. And he's like, okay, but I'm just going to keep coming back at you every single that's kind of how it happened and so I formed this group it begins to grow organically not shortly after that I went to the if gathering with Jenny Allen and she had a women of color brunch oh and at this brunch there were so many women of color that I didn't even think initially were women of color. I was thinking women of color are just black women. Right. But when I go to this meeting, I see Korean women and uh, other Asian women. I see African women. I see Latina women. I see, you know, biracial women. And it was like a revelation to me, like the Lord pulled the scales off of my eyes and was saying, women of color are vast yes. and, and varied. And so I go back and I make modifications to the graphics for my Facebook group and really beget this journey of engaging with Christian women, communicators of color. And it almost took over. It, it, it probably did take over my initial um, launch of working for women with father wounds. And I had a degree of frustration with that, to be honest, I was saying, Lord, you know, I want to write this book. You know, this is what I want to do. But God was saying, I want you to serve here. Yes. I want you to serve these women. I want you to provide content for them. I want you to pray for them. I want you to 
to uplift them, to celebrate them, even if they have an opportunity that you might desire yourself. This is what I want you to do. And I say that to say a woman from that group, he introduced me to my acquisitions editor. Oh. Yep. It, and that scripture, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the, the desires of mm-hmm. your heart. It became um, such a revelation for me because I had delighted myself in the Lord. I had poured myself into the things of God and what he was calling me to do at that time. I forsook, I think that's the right word. I forsook my dreams uh, of writing a book for women with father wounds. And I said, okay, God, if this is what you want me to do, that's what I'm going to do. And then he, in his, in his sovereign timing, brought it all to fruition by way of the group that I was serving. Oh. I spent 45 minutes talking to the acquisitions editor about entrusted women. And at the 46-minute mark, she said, I spent so much time learning about Kia Stevens, the leader of entrusted women. I wanted to learn about Kia Stevens, the writer. <gasps> I was flabbergasted. I was saying, what? She said, yeah, I wanted, I wanted to know about you. So I went over to your blog and I read one of your articles and I'm like, what? She said, and not only that, I liked your work. And just at this point, you know, pass the Kleenex, please. And um, I said, well, do you take unsolicited manuscripts? And she said, yeah, if you have a manuscript, send it over. And that's pretty much how it happened. I, I had a literary agent that was actually my friend. I mentioned it to her. She's like, yeah, I'll represent you. And six months later, I had a book contract. <laughs> okay, okay, the verse that's just shouting to me is the humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. And he will lift you up. At the and proper he'll time. lift you up. Yeah. And he did up. that. That, yeah. that just teaches so much. The laying down. I mean, that's a, that's a God-given gift, passion, desire, calling. And yet, by faith, you risked in honoring God to lay it down. And then... At the proper time, here it is. And I will tell you guys, I've had the opportunity to read Kia's book. And it is needed. It is beautiful. It is vulnerable. And it's going to help a ton of women come to know the love of the Father and get the healing that they need and that he wants them to have. So I am so thankful that you pressed you, you pressed in. Like, wow, you pressed in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and I'm I'm so grateful to God. What He, what what God carves into your life in those seasons where you are longing and waiting for something to manifest um, is patience and trust, yes. and He takes away what could potentially be an idol. Mm-hmm. Because that book would have been, it would have been idolatry. I'm certain, mm-hmm. I'm certain mm-hmm. of it. Um, but when I got to the place where, where the book is almost getting ready to be presented at the publishing board and my agent calls me, she's like, you should pray now. I'm so grateful, Stacy, that the prayer I prayed was, you know what, God, this is your book. I'm not going to beg you to, to get it published. I'm not going to beg you to, to grip the heartstrings of the powers that be. If you want it published, then then you're going to have to do it. Yeah. And that prayer came out of the years and years of waiting and, and wondering, when is it going to be my turn? Yes. You know, I, I had the peace to know if it's not ever my turn, then then God's will will be done. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was I was at peace and that could not you can't bottle that. You can't 
purchase that. That's something that you have to get through the trial and tribulation of, of waiting it's true. and not getting what you want when you yeah. want it. Yeah. And then you also, you get to know God as he truly is in ways that you yeah. wouldn't have. Exactly. So you were propelled to write this book beginning a long time ago. Why? What motivated you? Um, and can you tell from your own story part of that? Sure. You know, I was seeing some some inconsistencies in my life. I was I've always been a leader or a little bit of the type A, just a go-getter. But then in the area of the opposite sex, I, I would say there was a neediness, mm-hmm. a clinginess, a just it, it just seemed such the antithesis of who I was on a on a regular basis. And I think that's what beget this quest to discover what is that? Yeah. Why why am I behaving mm-hmm. like this? And I think um, I continued that quest throughout my 20s, got married. And of course, marriage will send you on some other quests. It sure will. (laughs) Yes. Like, I didn't want to go on this quest. You know, but through that, um, through discovering more about myself so that I could be a better spouse, I started to learn what I missed Uh, growing up. mm, Yeah in my childhood, what impact the absence of my father had on my life. And the more I discovered, the more I felt like somebody needs to be talking about this. Yes. We need to tell other women and other girls that may be exhibiting some of the same types of behaviors that I was having uh, in, in their relationship with the opposite sex. We, we need to be talking about this so that we can create strong women, healthy women, women that have a healthy view of themselves, a healthy view of men. Uh, we need to be talking about it in the church. Why aren't we talking about it in the church? Where are the small groups? Where, yes. where are the old women teaching the younger women about this specific issue? Because if a father is not in place in the life of a young girl, it impacts her for the rest of her life. Yeah, more than she knows. Yeah, for the rest of her yeah. life. Yeah. So that's kind of what uh, beget the journey in me. I found myself looking for my father or looking for a relationship with him when I went to college. And I think that is because in college, I was in close relationship with a, a woman who had a great relationship with her father. Okay. And for me, it shined a magnifying glass up to my non-existent Mm -hmm. relationship. Mm -hmm. And I found myself for the first time really beginning to process emotions, Mm. um, sadness, sorrow, having an actualization that, you know, I I did miss something. Yes. We didn't have experiences and memories and and there weren't things that we created together. Uh, I really began to examine those emotions in a way that I had not allowed myself to do when I was in high school. And uh, from there, I reached out to my dad. I tried to pursue a relationship Wait, with how him. did that go the first time? Like, was that difficult to do the very first time? Were you like, yes, I'm going to do it? Or was it something you had to pray about long and hard beforehand? 
I think I wanted it so bad. Okay. I, I wanted it so bad yeah. that I was driven by what I desired. Yes. And also uh, I've, I heard this quote that women who, when your father was not there, then you fantasize about what a relationship with him would be yeah. like. And so because he wasn't there, I had this pie in the sky fantasy of what it would be like if I reached out to my dad. So that was also driving yes. me. It was like, if, I, if, I, if I'm able to make this connection and we're able to start meeting together or talking on the phone, then I'm going to have the relationship that I've always longed for. It's within reach. <laughs> and so I remember talking to a, a friend of mine in college and she was sharing her experience. She had written a letter to her father and I was like, well, I'm going to do that. I'm, that, I'm going to do that. I'm going to tell him everything he missed and invite him into my life. And it's just going to be wonderful. And so I did do that. And he wrote me back and things were pleasant and on the up. And we got together when I came home from school. And that was when I realized, oh, this is tough. It's hard to build a relationship with someone you, you don't know. Yeah. That, that doesn't know you. You're evolving. You're changing. You're not the same person you were yesterday. Right. You know, this is relationship, especially relationships with our fathers. And especially if those relationships were non-existent or difficult or tough or, or there's wounds involved, uh, are very difficult to cultivate. Relationships have to be cultivated. Yes. It's kind of like gardening. Yes. Plants don't grow up overnight. Right. You have to plant that seed, water that seed. Before that, you need to make sure the dirt is quality right. dirt. Right. It takes a lot of time and intention. Yes, serious gardeners are making sure the composition of the dirt is, it includes all these different things, sand, silt. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a gardener, but my husband is. But I'm thinking the ground of our hearts. Yeah, yeah. Our father's heart, our heart has to be cultivated in such a way that the conditions are ripe for building a relationship. And that's not always the case. My heart may be hard. His heart may be aloof. You know, there's just different conditions. So I did not factor that into to play. Sure. I was still believing that anything is possible, and it is. But I didn't see how much work and how much um, of God would be needed yeah. to bring about the, the relationship that I wanted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And also, um, Stacy, to be quite honest, was not really ready to embrace what, what God was offering me. Sometimes we pray for our ideal outcome and we, we pray for things to go the way we want it to go. But sometimes God is saying, this is the way that it's going to be. And I need you to adjust to that. Yeah. Yeah. And will you walk with me in that? I'm just, I'm mm -hmm. grateful that he wrote you back. Like, that's not the case for a lot of people. I have a question for you, Kia, and it is, sure. um, how important in your new relationship and pursuing your father did forgiveness play? A huge, huge role. 
I think that in initially, like I said, I was so fixated on the ideal Stacy uh-huh. that I didn't entertain that there was anything I needed to forgive my father. Okay. For. Okay. I, I just, I jumped in. Yeah. I was like, yes, let's go. I'm going to get this relationship. I'm ready. It wasn't until I was engaging, had been engaging with my father, did I realize I have unforgiveness towards you. When I went back and examined the the times when I needed him, yeah. when I wanted him to be there, mm-hmm. uh, when I looked at some of the consequences that occurred in my life because he wasn't in place, some of those bad relationships that I mentioned, mm-hmm. then I realized I'm angry. Yes, yes. I'm sad. I'm devastated. I'm all these emotions kind of began to come to the surface. It took me a while. I'm a little bit of a slow emoter or a slow identifier of what emotion I'm feeling when I'm feeling it. Sure. But they had to come out. You had, they had to come out. Yeah. They had to come out. And it actually, it took a counselor to point it out. Sure. I mean, I, I was initially saying, why do you need to forgive somebody that wasn't there? Ah, yeah. But just because they were not there doesn't mean that their absence did did not have an impact on your life. Yeah. And so forgiveness played a huge role. Once I discovered that I had unforgiveness, then I had to surrender that to the Lord. And the common misconception is that forgiveness is for the offender. The forgiveness is not for the offender. Forgiveness is for us. Because our bodies were never designed to walk around with bitterness and anger and, and all of that pent up stuff and yuck that can get lodged in our hearts because of the unforgiveness that we carry. So I had to forgive my father just for me, yeah. just so yes. that I can have a healthy yes. relationship with God, a healthy relationship with my spouse, so that I wasn't spewing unforgiveness that I had towards my father onto my husband, right, you know, right. unknowingly. So forgiveness is, is major. Yeah. It's huge. And it's ongoing. I would say it's ongoing Yeah, because sometimes you forgive and another thought comes back. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, rem- I remember reading this quote. It said, um, I've forgiven my mother and sometimes I wake up in the morning and I have to forgive her again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a deeper, a deeper cut or a new thing. Um, I'm going to turn a corner. Sure. And I love this. Thank you so much, Wisdom. Can you describe what's your Heavenly Father like? You know, I, as I continue to walk with the Lord, I see so many different facets of Him. Most recently, I've really been engaging with him as a friend Ah. Um, and it's been the best thing, you know, the friend that completely 100% accepts you. Yes. There are no, um, there are, there's no protocol on how you have to come to him or approach him or, or what has to be said. Certainly you reverence him. And I remember I was on my knees before God not not too long ago, and I was saying, Lord, I know I should worship you first, and then I should thank you. But I just need, I need to come to you as friend. I need to come to you like we're sitting down at Starbucks. I need to tell you what's going on. And I just need to cry with you 
I just need you to hold me, you know, and I'm so grateful that right now that this is how I am most often engaging with God as friend, mm. you know, but I've also seen God be a protector. Yes. I, I've seen him protect me from myself. I've seen him protect me from unseen dangers. I've seen him protect me from people. Uh, for me, that's been major because since my mother and father were divorced, I never saw a man step in and protect a woman or protect his kids. So for me to see God protect me in the way that I would have, I longed for my, my biological father to do is comforting. Yes, It's comforting to know that an invisible God is capable of protecting a finite human being. I've seen him in that way. I've seen him affirm me. I've seen him encourage me. Uh, I've seen him shower me with gifts, with love. And I know, even though I'm receiving it through a physical human being, I know it's coming from God. I just, I just know it. I think it's, it's from spending so much time with him, um, and him knowing me intimately. You think about God, he knows everything about us, our quirks, our favorite chocolate, yes. our favorite drink at Starbucks, <laughs> what flower we uh-huh. like. And when you begin to experience those types of, you know, just little kisses in your day, you know that came from God. <laughs> just the other day, a friend came over. And I had been saying in my head, I didn't say it out loud, that I wanted some fresh flowers. So I bought myself some, I bought some carnations. And this friend came over to my house so unexpectedly. And I really like um, different flowers. I don't like, I don't really like carnations. I just bought them because they were six ninety. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the friend came over and she brought me tulips. Oh. I was like, wow, I know you did that, God. I know it was you. Even though it came through my friend, because tulips are not the run-of-the-mill flower no. that you get people. And they were just so beautiful. So I'm, I feel like I'm kind of rambling, but I'm trying to say all of the different ways that I have experienced God as father, as friend, as accessible, as loving, as tender, as accepting, as protector, as provider. I, I could go on as sovereign, as holy, as righteous, as omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. You go, I, I could, yes. I could just go on. I, I could just go on. He, I'm so grateful that we serve a God that is intimately involved in who we yes. are as women. Yes. As women. Yes, as human beings, but as women. Yes. Because women, we got a lot going. We got a lot. God is intimately involved in every single aspect of who we are. That's how I have come to know God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Yes. That is, that is, I have tears in my eyes. That is just so beautiful. Ah, yes. I love his intimacy. I I love his pursuit. The way you described how he knows us so intimately, our quirks, our senses of humor, and he's for us, with us all the time. Wow. Mm -hmm. Amen. 
Okay, I'm going to bring this in for a landing because it's just so good. So good. Thank you. But I did want to ask you, there's women listening right now who have devastating father wounds. Mm-hmm. And there's women listening who um, are just beginning to consider the impact that their father's presence or absence had on them. And it's a, it's a big ask to ask you to speak to all of them. But if you could, what, in this moment you are speaking to them, what would you like to say? Yeah, I'm tearing up. I'm tearing up because it, it stinks. It really stinks. And I think the first thing that I would want to say is I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry that you did not have the father-daughter experience that you wanted. I'm so sorry. And I think I would also say, I hope that you don't translate your experience to God's absence in your life or his refusal to love you because it could not be further from the truth. I hope that you know that you are lavishly loved by God and what he allowed in your life is not indicative of his love for you. His love for you is uh, ever present. It's there whether you feel it or not. And that there is hope. There is hope to be healed from any broken place, any wound. The the scripture says, I, I can't think of it now. Psalms, Psalms 147 and 3, I believe, says that he he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up our wounds. And I believe that God desires to heal every brokenhearted yes. woman on yes. that's listening to this podcast. And not just to heal you, but to also bind up your wounds to provide bandages and um, to put ointment on it, his healing ointment on every place, whether it be a physical wound or an emotional wound or a mental wound, something your father said carelessly, something your father did carelessly, something that you felt maybe he didn't say and you felt it in your spirit. God has the supernatural ability to go into those broken places of our lives and to heal every ounce of them. Yes. And it could be that he allowed it in your life so that you would also play a role in another woman's healing. So I would say be encouraged. Know that you are loved, that you are thought about, that you are seen, that you are cared about, that God is concerned about every hurt, every ache, every tear. Um, I believe that he's saying to you today that he loves you. He loves you and that he uh, is available. All you need to do is cry out to him and continue to seek and pursue him. I believe that. Yes. Yes and amen. Kia, thank you. Thank you. My heart is burning as you speak, and I know that that is going deep in the heart of so many women. That is truth and beauty. Friends, I know that this um, this went deep. And in the show notes, I'm going to put the information of how you can get in touch with Kia, how you connect with her, the title of the book that's coming out, because we just want more. 
this is truth. This is hope. This is our Father's heart. Kia, bless you. Bless you 10,000 with all the more that our Father, our Jesus, our Holy Spirit has for you. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me, Stacey, and uh, blessings to you and the work that you're doing, your podcast, and all of the Wild at Heart followers. Um, I'm just honored to be here. Friends, that's it for today. So take it all to heart and remember, the King is captivated by you. Until next time.